on the cusp in the car with a musical intro. That's right. That's pretty groovy right there. I think I'm going to keep that. This thing's getting more professional every time. I, well, at least I hope it is. Uh, well, no, professional is the wrong word to describe this podcast. All right, y'all, this is part one of two. We got two parts coming. I'm going to do the next one uh, probably by the end of the weekend, early next week. I uh, got an announcement on part two, so definitely want to check out part two. Um, I mean, look, I say it's an announcement. Let's be real. You know, we need announcements insinuate that this is something people need to know. You know, an announcement is, hey, your flight's been delayed. That's important information. All right. Announcing for president. You know, I'm announcing I'm running for president. Not me. But when somebody does that, that's usually information people need to know. So this ain't no announcement in part two, but part two, which right now you're listening to part one. But if you jump on part two, you're going to hear me talk about one of the coolest things that's happened to me in a while. Pretty excited about it. But for now, here's part one. On the cusp, in the car. It's been a while. Friends, I have, well, I've let down at least three of you that are paying attention to this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, it, it's been a while because there's been a lot going on. Sometimes when you're on the cusp, you ain't got time for nothing. That's what my daddy used to say. I think he said that in high school. That's a funny story from back when my dad was in high school in Walkertown, North Carolina, back in the early 80s. I guess the teacher got on to him for not doing his homework. And he looked at her and he said, well, you know why I didn't do it? She said, why? He said, because I ain't got time for nothing. And his friend was there, David Fulp, Mr. David Fulp, who's now a pastor. And every time I see Pastor David Fulp, he'll look at me and grin and he'll say, I ain't got time for nothing. <laughs> we've been laughing about that. Of course, I wasn't born back when that happened, but I've been hearing about it my whole life. So that's what's going on. I ain't got time for nothing, y'all. I hope I didn't bust, bust your eardrums when I said nothing there. Um, so this is going to be a two-parter, all right? We're going to go back. About three, four weeks ago, I went to Effingham, Illinois, and I played a show called Branson on the Road. Now, if if you've known me or followed me at all, then there's not many of you out there. But if you do, then you know that I have been in this show before. So in 2019 actually late 2018, I met a lady named Debbie Horton. I needed a guitar player for a show that was going to be pretty Johnny Cash themed at this Johnny Cash farm in Bon Aqua, Tennessee. Johnny Cash used to own a big farm down there and they've got a barn that Johnny would do these uh, little neighborhood concerts in years ago, family reunion, stuff like that. 
So the barn's been remodeled, and they have a concert venue in there, and I've done some shows there over the years. And in October of 2018, my wife and I had us a show down there. And we called that show, that was actually one of the first Monroe Sun shows. I had a band called Monroe Sun. Um, my wife would sing in it some, but we did bluegrass slash rockabilly. And for this particular show, since we were playing at the Johnny Cash farm, I wanted to have that Johnny Cash sound with our music. That kind of thing, you know. So I told my bass player at the time, Miss Lisa Horngren, I said, Lisa, we need a guitar player because our normal guitarist couldn't be there. He had to be on the road that weekend. He had a conflict, couldn't make it. She said, well, I know this lady named Debbie Horton. And she said, if if she's available, I know she's in Tennessee visiting from Branson. Maybe she'll do it with us. So she got on the phone with her, and, and Debbie said she's in town, and she'd be interested. And Debbie knew of me, and apparently she had seen me and Lisa five years earlier, back in 2013, playing a show with W.S. Holland, the drummer for Johnny Cash. We did a show at the Music City Roots. It used to be a big deal to get on Music City Roots. I remember when I got on there, I thought I was like a, a step from the Opry, man, because it was aired on WSM Radio. That's the home of the Grand Ole Opry. And Music City Roots, I'll have to tell that story sometime on here. But, man, I thought I was really on the cusp then. So it turns out I'm still on the cusp of something. But anyhow... Back in 2013, we played Music City Roots with Johnny Cash's drummer, and it was really cool, and in the audience that day was Debbie Horton. She saw the show. She actually came back to the merch table, and I don't remember this, but she she tells me she came back there and she purchased the CD from me. And uh, I've admitted to her, I I don't remember that, that moment, but five years later, I call her up, And she is doing something that's way beneath her at this point. I mean, Debbie was a successful touring musician with a show. Now, I'm not talking about she traveled as a musician playing her own show. She had a show that she sold to theaters and and still does. It's called Branson on the Road. And she developed and produced this show. And she's been doing it for years. And I'm going to interview her coming up for my other podcast feed, Chasing That Neon Podcast. And you'll you'll be able to hear her story. It's pretty fascinating. So, Debbie agrees to come play guitar for us. Now, one of the coolest things she ever did was she got to play guitar on stage with Johnny Cash. She played lead guitar for him. He called her up out of the audience when she was young and she come up out of the crowd and grabbed Bob Wooten's guitar. That was... Johnny's guitarist at the time and she she put that thing around her neck and and burned Big River to the ground that's one of Johnny's songs Big River she burned it up man there's a recording of it I've heard it and uh, Johnny Cash would see her and say well there's Debbie Horton the only female to ever play lead guitar for me that's 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 what happened so Johnny would tell her that. Well, all these years have gone by, and she's still playing Johnny Cash music. And we'll get more into that in part two of this. But she started and developed this show called Branson on the Road. She worked in Branson for years. And uh, 
now she's got this touring show and here she is available to come play a, a little podunk $75 pay gig for me and she learned some of my originals on lead guitar she did all the cash stuff and we went down there and did the show that was fall of 2018 and uh, she was very nice very professional she nailed it alright now about a month or two after that she called me up and said that she had an opening in her show Branson on the Road for me she invited me to be in the show and do all her dates in 2019 with her and I was like what? I didn't see that coming and I didn't even know anything about Branson the town I mean I knew there were shows in Branson I'd never been to Branson um, I was just very not you know not very aware of it and she said you're a good entertainer I think you'd be great for the show so I went up there to her house and we did a it, she lived in Missouri at the time Springfield Missouri so um, went up there re- rehearsed sort of auditioned went through the show made sure I kind of understood what she needed and agreed to do 2019 and we did next thing you know I'm in a gold jacket I'm out here playing theaters slap full of people all across the United States parts of Canada we went to Canada and played up there and they were sold out we'd do five shows in a weekend I mean I I had never been on anything like this and there was a script and it was very different for me and early on it was a bit difficult for me to understand what was going on because I went from being a guy on stage in my own show to being in what she called theater not in a theater in quote unquote theater which is different than gigging, playing gigs and I had been playing gigs my whole life, well now I'm in theater and I've got parts and script, scripted lines and all, it was very different so, you know, the transition for me in my brain was, was like, okay, I don't know what alright, what am I doing and, but Debbie she saw that I had all this potential and throughout the year she started kind of giving me more freedom to to be goofy and more of this character that I was becoming on stage. I was already, so for years I'd already sort of been developing this character. I had been a tour guide telling dad jokes and, and just setting people up with facts just to make them laugh. I told somebody for years on the golf cart tours I was just an entertainer. I was not an information giver. I mean, I'm not an ambassador to Nashville more than I'm an entertainer. I'm an entertainer first, baby. So on the golf cart, you want to know what restaurant to go to. You're going to get a joke along with what restaurants I recommend. And I'm probably not going to seriously recommend restaurants because I don't really care where you eat. I only care if you think I'm funny. So that that's pretty much been my deal. Like I'm, I'm going to entertain you that's more important to me than, than you finding a good steak. You could find that on your own. <laughs> okay, that's that's not entirely true, but that's been a, a big part of it. So now I'm on this show where the goal is to entertain. 
way more than it is to impress anybody with our songs or our music. It's more just about getting a laugh and and making people feel good. And and that I'll be honest with you, I don't want to minimize the music we've made or anything that I've done in my life, but that that did work with my style and my stage style. Um, you know, I don't consider myself a perfect vocal, any kind of vocalist that's that's worth a darn. You know, when you compare me to other people in this town or anything, I. But the entertaining and the having fun and making people feel good and have a good night, that right there, I love that. I'm into that, and I think, in my mind, my entire life, I've always thought, well, I can at least entertain. I can't play the guitar like that guy. I can't sing like that guy, but. I know I could get them to laugh. So, Debbie, she saw that in me, and I'm going to credit her for seeing that in me, and she she took me all around in 2019. Now, as 2019 came to a close, we had a lot that was going on uh, at, at home. Me and Amy and the kids were, we had just lined up that sponsorship with Music Ranch Montana. All that was coming into place. We were wanting to travel as a family. Um, pursue our own show and our own careers, so to speak, and and so I ended up telling Debbie, I love, I love you, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going to step aside and, and try to work on this stuff. And then 2020 happened, COVID, and nobody did anything anyhow. So she was very nice about it. Uh, I tried to be professional about it because I, I didn't want to leave her hanging or nothing. Um, but, you know, it worked out for all of us because COVID hit. We started doing our thing. And Branson on the Road kept booking. And she would call me for sub gigs. You know, hey, can you, can you do this particular run or this particular weekend? And if I could, I would. And it was always good. And um, I've been doing that ever since. So fast forward, here it is, 23, uh, 2023, and Debbie now has a total different gig. Debbie has won the opportunity. She earned it through an audition to be in Johnny Cash, the official concert experience. It's this new show run by the Johnny Cash estate, and they've hired some great people to play real big theaters all across the United States and do a tour this in fall of 23 and in the winter of 24. Well, Debbie, she went and became the guitarist on this show and nailed it. So now, here she is on a tour bus traveling all over the United States playing Johnny Cash's music with Johnny Cash on the big screen in the band that is a live band of musicians backing him up. And this is just an amazing show. So we'll probably we'll talk more about that show on part two. But here's here's what happened for me. I was booked to go with her to Effingham, Illinois, and here she got this opportunity to go on the Johnny Cash tour. Well guess what? She called me and said, Can you go do Effingham, Illinois for me as Branson on the road? What? You want me to go do it without you? I was freaking out a bit, but I just was like, okay, all right. You know, she she believes in me. She trusts me. Uh, we we've got we 
got two musicians going with me that that uh, I know it's going to be a great show. Jerry Webb and Nick Bryant. And we're the three of us are going to go, by the way, if you hear my turn signal, it's because I'm turning my life around. No, I missed the exit, but I, that, 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 was, that was good. I like that. All right, so me and Jerry and Nick prepared to be Branson on the Road. Now, this was Nick's second Branson on the Road show and Jerry's first. And one of my favorite things about when we're in the show is, is the back and forth between me and Debbie. And I, I'm kind of like, she's like the straight person, like being serious. And I'm, I'm the, the Don Knotts. I'm the, I'm the idiot up there. Well, now all of a sudden she ain't there. So I felt like I was trying to be both the whole show. But look, here's the funny thing. And this is why I'm telling this story. I could get into all the details, but I, I don't want to bore y'all. I just want to tell you the week leading up to this. I was filled with irony. Just, I had all this irony in my mind of, I still have never played in Branson. I still don't fully understand the Branson model. All I know is I'm going to Effingham, Illinois to be, quote unquote, Branson on the road. I'm from Nashville and the rest of this band is from Nashville. So I had to look at it like, again, like she said, theater it's acting i'm an actor i mean i've seen them batman movies and that guy ain't really batman so if he can do that i reckon i can go up here and and be mr branson well i haven't really talked to debbie much about it but if she hears this i struggled without her to pull off being mr branson um, but I was myself, I, I, I mean, without, without giving it away that I'm from Nashville and, you know, I'm not Branson. I was as much me as I knew how to be to get through that show and to be Mr. Branson. And you know what I thought was wild? The audience had a blast. And it's just another example of here you think you're, you've, you know, people are expecting something very specific and they show up and here's what they really want. They want to forget about their problems, walk in, have a good time, laugh and leave. And when they leave, they want to leave too. When it's time to leave, they want to leave. They're not just like, oh man, we don't really want to leave. Now they're like, okay, we're good. We're done. Thank you. But that exchange between what we're doing on stage and then wonderful people in the audience smiling, laughing. I mean, that's what it's all about. So I was honored to get to do that. Jerry and Nick, they had a good time. They did a great job. Now, here's the crazy part. We drove back. Now, as soon as the show was over, we got in the van and left this big old nice, unbelievable theater. I think there was a staff of like 20 people up there. It was crazy. Lee Bryce played there right after us, and he's a big old country singer. And so it's like these are... This is a pretty high-up venue we played in Effingham. So we leave there. And by the way, I ain't bragging. I'm just trying to tell you, like, the, again, the the irony. It's like, oh, we get in the van, and now we're just, like, driving all night to get back. Because, first of all, I'm not Mr. Branson. I just played a huge theater in Illinois as Mr. Branson. And now we're in the van driving back. 
because Nick has to lead worship in the morning, Sunday morning. Jerry's just along for the ride. And, oh man, I almost watched a wreck. At least I wasn't part of it. And I'm the illegal one here holding my phone doing a podcast. I probably shouldn't tell you all that. But, so, I got to get back because... Amy and I have a gig the next day at 1 p.m. at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Now, this is the other crazy part of this. Our our friend, unbelievably talented, fiddle player slash, actually, she's a singer first. She's, an, she's a true artist, Kenzie Wetz. Amazing talent. Um, but she, like a lot of people in Nashville, she showed up here and she toted her fiddle down and got a gig for Bill Anderson playing fiddle and singing with him. And, you know, she said, she'll say, I've, I've got most of my calls to be a side musician in bands. So she's found herself doing that for basically 20 years. And that's more than half her life. So she's, she's not that old, but she's out here singing with us and we're honored that we've we've gotten to do the shows we've gotten to do with her she she adds a a real amazing vocal quality to amy and what we do um so we're we're working on some stuff we'll keep you posted on it but she called us and she had a spotlight musicians show at the country music hall of fame that she earned with all of her resume of playing with these big country singers over the last two decades. She plays the Opry all the time. So, you know, she's she's earned it. She's she's playing this musician spotlight at the Country Music Hall of Fame. And she asked Amy and I to come down and sing a song on it. The song that we ended up doing was In the Ghetto, which, golly, Amy singing that and us singing harmony with Amy is just really something special. I love it. And I always wanted Amy to do that song and back in the summer, I've actually, I've gotten her to do it a few times over the years, but she would always be dismissive of it, like, well, I don't know, it's so sad, and I want to cry, you know, she, and she gets emotional, because the lyrics are emotional, but I, I told her, I said, look, I have this feeling that people have not really heard this song. They've heard Elvis on a cold and gray Chicago, you know, they haven't actually heard the lyrics the way it was written, and, and I think, I mean, I have, I absolutely adore Elvis and his singing and his music, so when I hear him, I mean, that's, to me, it, it don't get no better than that, but I have this belief that people just hear Elvis's voice, they don't hear the story, and man, that turns out to be true in a lot of ways, not everybody, but a lot of people are starting to hear that story when Amy sings it. And then when we sing harmony with her, it just it just feels so cool to be a part of it. So Kenzie asked us to sing that at the Country Music Hall of Fame with her. And what an unbelievable thing to go from Effingham, Illinois on Saturday night. Here it is Sunday right after lunch playing the Country Music Hall of Fame in this totally different setting with this amazing piano player, by the way, Catherine Marks. She plays with Reba. The list just could go on and on. She's another person I'd love to interview. But I just came out of that. And and I'll finish with this. When we parked underneath the Country Music Hall of Fame in the parking garage, we had to go through these security checks and stuff, and I'm toting my guitar, and I'm sort of dressed up. We got on this elevator, 
and we go up and then the elevator doors open and there's where all the people are standing in line to take a tour at the Country Music Hall of Fame. And I remember standing in that line, which, by the way, I would, it's not like we're famous now. Of course, I'd go stand in that line now. But I've I've been in that line when someone like Vince Gill or whatever, the door opens and it's some big guy, big musician, dressed up, toting his guitar over there to the theater to play a performance and you see that person and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, there, oh wow, there's Vince Gill or there's whoever. And you're going, wow, this is amazing. The elevator opened and everyone looked at us. Now they don't know who we are, but I saw that look on people's face. Oh, look, there's somebody, there's music. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is so ironic. Now I'm toting my guitar down this, this same path. Again, Kenzie earned it. I'm just lucky enough to know her and get invited to be there. So here we are, walking in, sound checking, and she did just an incredible job. I mean, Amy and I were in tears uh, watching her sing. And at the very end, somebody asked her, they do a question, like a Q&A thing. And somebody asked her about how has she been able to navigate the ups and downs of waiting on the call or the music business or the struggles financially, all that stuff. And Kenzie, the last thing she said, she just looked at this lady. It was the last question. And she said, Jesus. And it was like mic drop. We, I was, I was blown away. Just that one word, the name of Jesus. And that's what I keep Remembering That's in my brain right now as I'm talking. It's in my heart, actually. As I'm talking about all this cool stuff, Jesus. I hope that's your takeaway, too. Whatever you're going through in your life, we're all relying. If we are, if there's one thing we can count on, if you're relying on something dependable, I know what it is. Because there's only one word, one name that we can truly depend on. Jesus. He's making all this stuff happen. And even when it ain't happening, and even when it's bad, it's still good because of Jesus. And that's basically, that. to me, that was the message that she was saying. And uh, that's my takeaway. So, that's part one. Part two. Coming soon. <laughs>